The following is an exclusive podcast for the Dermatology Digest. Today, we're talking note bloat with Mark Kaufman, MD, incoming president-elect of the American Academy of Dermatology and an advisor to the AAD's Reviews and Utilization Committee team. Dr. Kaufman details the AMA's coding changes that just went into effect on January 1st and their impact on dermatology practices nationwide. Here's Dr. Kaufman. Uh, my first question is, why were the changes in the EM codes made? At the beginning of the Trump administration, HHS in 2017 came up with a new initiative called uh, Patients Over Paperwork. And uh, what they, they, they were listening to the complaints of physicians who were saying that uh, the documentation requirements for billing and uh, EHR notes were becoming so difficult and irrelevant to patient care that uh, they were all complaining of what we referred to lovingly as note bloat. And, uh, you know, we, we were sending other physicians and clinicians uh, a chart on a patient and it would be, two-thirds of it would be completely irrelevant to patient care. And it was only really necessary for billing purposes, the details. And so what uh, they decided to do with this initiative was to decrease uh, the details that were necessary for billing purposes. Uh, so what they came up with was a plan that um, basically didn't, no longer required history and physical examination to be part of the billing paradigm, but it still, they still expect people to do a proper history and physical, but it just no longer counted towards billing. And uh, instead, they wanted the billing paradigm uh, to be simpler so that it wouldn't lead to over-documentation. Yes. And I was going to ask for an example of the, the irrelevance in the note bloat. We would have to go into real detail in history, and there would have to be uh, – we, we were counting all of these bullet points when it came to physical examination as to areas of the body that were examined. And so the billing basis of, a, of an encounter was basically how many places you could examine rather than were you examining the appropriate areas. And so it became more of a contest of, of checking off things in an EHR. And now with the new paradigm, it allows us to do what's proper for the patient and not worry so much about the documentation because – the new paradigm really is based on the type of diagnosis that the patient is being seen for, whether it's chronic, acute, stable, flaring, or and that's that's one um, column of the of the grid, and uh, you, you need two out of three columns in order to use the code. Most dermatologists are going to use is the third column, which is uh, basically the I think it's called the risk of complications and or morbidity mortality of the patient management. So basically, that column tells us the plan. So what I tell people is that column one is the status of the diagnosis. Is it chronic, acute, stable, flaring? And column three is the plan. So every patient should have a status of their diagnosis and a plan for the diagnosis. And that basically determines what the code is going to be. Now, I should step back one, one step 
backward and say that that's one medical decision making is one choice. We also have a choice of using time as the paradigm for choosing the billing code, but um, most dermatologists are not going to use time. It doesn't work in our favor. Uh, medical decision making is is much more favorable to the dermatologist. And can you kind of talk me through each bullet point or each individual code here on the the list of so the basics? What, yeah. So what I, what I what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is is do what I've been doing in some of my lectures, which is using one diagnosis to teach the whole paradigm, because I, I think this this will help. Um, okay. So for that, I use the I use the diagnosis of androgenetic alopecia, and that is a chronic disease which progresses, right? It's not something that's stable usually. It's, it usually progresses, and, and men lose their hair progressively. Mm-hmm. And um, there, in, in column three, the the, the plan column, uh, the well, first I should say in column one. The diagnosis column for a, for a chronic illness that progresses is moderate medical decision-making, which equals a level four type visit. But you need to have something in one of the other columns to go along with it. So you have a choice. Uh, a physician could prescribe um, finasteride tablets, which uh, is Propecia or a pill that you can take that's prescription um, to try and combat androgenetic alopecia. If the physician prescribes a medication, that is an example of moderate medical decision-making in column three. At that point, you would have moderate in column one, moderate in column three. You could use 99204 or 14, that level code for that that visit. So again, if the patient comes in and they're losing their hair, and you determine that it's the typical male pattern baldness, by prescribing a medication, you have a level four visit. But let's say instead of prescribing a medication, you recommend the patient go to the pharmacy and pick up OTC minoxidil solution or foam, uh, Rogaine. And that's an over-the-counter product. That qualifies for a low-level medical decision-making or one box up in the, par- in, the, in the grid that the AMA put out. And so if you have a patient who comes in with male pattern hair loss that you recommend an over-the-counter product for, that's a level three visit because uh, it's low medical decision-making is the highest you can get uh, for the two together. And then what if you, instead of recommending a prescription or getting an over-the-counter product, you simply counsel the patient and tell them, you know, this is a normal process. Uh, it's not, an, uh, you know, it's it's not going to lead to a shortening of your lifespan. Maybe you should get used to it. Um, maybe uh, you might want to consider getting married before you lose all your hair. That type of advice is considered counseling. And when you when you're only going to counsel a patient, and not recommend any kind of treatment, that actually is straightforward medical decision-making. And that would yield a level two visit. So there you have three different scenarios with the same diagnosis yielding three different diagnosis codes. 
depending on whether you've prescribed a medication that's prescription, recommended an OTC product, or simply counsel the patient in their diagnosis and not recommend any product. And it's been the easiest way for me to teach this. So that's good because that, that grid is basically, that's the Bible that we have to work with here because that's the only really written documentation the AMA has put out on this. Now, there is a column two that I don't talk a lot about. Uh, it is there. It's available for people to use. It's, it's, it it um, discusses the labs that are reviewed by the physician during the visit. Um, it, to me, I think it's, it's less relevant to talk about only because typically I have found that if you're trying to get to a higher level with column two, you're probably going to get there with columns one and three anyway, and you only need two out of three columns. So uh, it's, it's less, of a, less uh, relevant uh, when it comes to coding for dermatologists, I think, but can be used. Okay. And then why was the 99201 new patient code eliminated? That's a good question. It was the only code that was eliminated, and it was eliminated because the medical decision-making for the 99201 and 99202 are both straightforward. So there, it was redundant. You didn't, need, you didn't need to have two codes that, were, that reflected the same medical decision-making. So they got rid of the level one code. It still exists for the return patient, but that's for a different reason. It's always been used for return patient as a nurse's visit. And so that, that's maintained in the, in the CPT book. The 99211 is there. There is no medical decision-making associated with it. It's just a nurse's visit. The physician doesn't have to be there. But you wouldn't have that for a new patient because a new patient has to be seen by a clinician. Well, what impact will this have on practice? Well, it's the paradigm shift. I mean, the codes are the same. The, the numbers are the same with the exception of losing the 99201. The ability to choose the code legitimately is what's changing. And so the ability of dermatologists to reach a higher level code has definitely been uh, increased with this new paradigm. And that brings with it some uh, interesting thoughts that one needs to keep in mind. Uh, one being that the traditional bell curve of utilization of these codes for dermatologists is going to shift because more dermatologists are going to be using higher level codes. In other words, derms were very infrequently using level four visits and never used level five visits. And I think that that's going to shift and level fours are going to be common in dermatology, and level fives will be the ones which rarely occur but still are reachable, just like the level fours used to be. So that's the shift that I'm referring to, that instead of being mostly dermatologists living mostly in a level three world, I think level fours are going to become more dominant, and uh, level threes will be fewer, level twos will be fewer, and level fives will exist to some extent. Can you tell me a little bit about the payment levels, like level one versus four, et cetera? So that's still in flux uh, because 
um, the COVID uh, stimulus package actually was going to raise some of these codes further. But um, the the idea when they first came when they first came up with the paradigm was to give all of these codes a raise. And it, it didn't work out that way because the new patient codes were going to go down in value. But the established patient codes uh, will be going up in value. And uh, I'll give you one example. A level three visit was uh, $76 average uh, Medicare reimbursement in 2020 is going up to $86 in 2021. And an average level four in 2020 was $110, going up to $123 in 21. So you can imagine that a dermatologist getting $76 this year for a level three could potentially be getting $123 for the same visit for a level four visit in the new paradigm. So that's a pretty significant increase. Do you think the changes will have the desired impact? I think the changes are welcome, uh, if for only the fact that uh, we no longer have to uh, kind of do uh, mental gymnastics in order to try and make our history and physical look more complicated than it actually was in order to justify a billing code. Um, mm. So I think the, f the fact that we can now live in a real world where our history and physical will be as appropriate as we deem them to be and the billing will no longer uh, be affected by that, I think is a, is, a big, is a big step forward. So I think the intent of CMS to make this easier to do will be accomplished. However, at the same time, uh, I, I think one of the unintended consequences is that CMS will find that um, it is going to be easier for many specialties to reach higher levels that they never had before, and that is going to bring about uh, second thoughts as far as the payment paradigm is concerned. And which change or, or group of changes do you think will have the most impact? the one that you read off to me last, which is that the fact that the, the chief complaint history of present illness and um, physical examination no longer are relevant to, uh, to choosing a, an office visit code. This is a huge change. I mean, we, the, the current rules for choosing an office visit code were um, last revised in 19... 95 and 97. There are two different sets of rules you can use. One are called the 95 rules, one are called the 97 rules. So this actually um, is the first change that's occurred in over two decades in choosing an office visit code. And it's a big change. And do you think dermatologists will have trouble adapting to it? Not at all. I think basically it's, it's muscle memory. I think it's going to be a big change for many dermatologists uh, because it's completely different from what we're doing now, but it's not more difficult than many of the things we deal with on a daily basis. So it's something that we can conquer uh, as long as, you know, that we can cope with as long as we practice. And that's what 
I'm trying to get people to do is, is I'm, I'm trying to get our group, you know, to go into the room even in November and December to pretend that we're doing the new paradigm and come up with the code you would choose next year. And um, so that's, I think, all we need is really muscle memory. So it's, it's just, it's, it's not difficult, it's just new. And so it's going to be something we can do, we just have to practice doing it, if that makes sense. Yes, and do you have any other advice for uh, derms when they're implementing these or, or working with these? My other advice would be don't be weighed down by concerns that you may have had under the previous paradigm about billing at a higher level. You know, they shouldn't be afraid to, to bill legitimately what they're doing. You know, the, the old rule in coding is document, uh, do what you document and document what you do. As long as you're doing that, you should be able to code whatever level code you have gotten to. Uh, I would I would only um, counsel people not to try and do more on the coding side than they did uh, with the patient and documented the, that they did with the patient. Let's follow the golden rule. Do what you document, document what you do, and uh, the code should uh, come out on its own. Uh, but uh, people shouldn't hesitate to use a higher level code like a level four code next year, which they may have been hesitant to do in the past. You know, old biases are, are kind of not relevant starting in January. Um, it's a new world. Mm. And uh, it'll take a while to get used to the new world, but we all will. There will be a new bell curve drawn for dermatology, utilization of these codes, and it will it will be shifted to the right, but it will still be a bell curve. And uh, the last piece of advice would be that you don't want to be hanging out at the at the edge of the curve. <laughs> you, know, mm -hmm. you don't want you still don't want to you still don't want to be the outliers of that bell curve. This has been an exclusive podcast for the Dermatology Digest. Find more at www.thedermdigest.com. Thank you for joining us.